0: I love Larry's commissioning and blessing on us, to this, this series, Unstoppable God, uh, that, and, and focusing on an unstoppable church that he wants to work through. And here we are, and all that we've gone through ourselves in, in life, and we could say, God, you are at work, you're continuing at work. And so we're, if you're new with us, you're catching us in, really, I think it's week three, that we're doing this series called Unstoppable, Journeying Through the Book of Acts, but it's as we've been talking about, we, we're doing this not just to gather on Sunday morning and hear hear a sermon, but actually that we engage together in God's word, uh, and so and then and then growing in small groups together, gatherings, growth in, in groups is our is our our plan here. And so, if you haven't picked up one of the growth guides, there's a few paper copies left and so there's a few left you haven't grabbed that but basically it's an opportunity for us to read together through the book of acts so the way it kind of order goes is you read before you you listen to a message you engage in god's word on sunday and then you meet in a small group to talk about that. That's just kind of the pattern we've been doing. So this last week, we were, we just finished up reading chapter six through eight of, of Acts, and then we'll be talking about today and then discussing in our group. And if you're not in a group, this is where I want to mention, let us know on the connection card. Tell one of our Caring Connection people in the back you want to get in a group so we can help you and place, there's groups all through the week. There's men's groups, there's women's groups, there's some couples groups. Uh, so just let us know and we'll help Try to facilitate the best we can within your schedule uh, to be a part of that. It's not too late. You're going, man, we're already in chapter six. It's all right. Jump in anytime uh, to be a part of it. But I really appreciate Derek Archer, our network pastor, sharing last week. Ask him how it went. He goes, there was a lot of car alarms that went off last week. So he goes, is there a lot of theft out here in Birch Bay? And, you you know, someone's prowling the parking lot. So thank you for the parking team that I, we know that's not happening. So, hey, let's just make sure if if you think it's your car, just hit just hit the, the key fob. OK, it might not be you. It's OK. It happens. So you, you bumped it. But I, I love just this whole idea. He talked about the shifting of like not the spirit of God, not just to an individual, but to this unstoppable force called the church, and I want to just step back a little bit and kind of sets us up, and kind of slingshot forward when we get into the, the six through eight of those chapters of Acts. But I want to go back to Acts four that stood out for me this week, and as we well we read it the week before, where it says this: When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized there were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I just love that description because it so describes us, right? That we don't have to be educated or have a theological degree or try to act any kind of super spiritual. No, it's just this Characteristic about people that are with Jesus. You you know people like that. We just had some people on our stage. I know the audience. They 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 know Jesus. There's there's people that you know that they just you just know that they walk with Jesus so closely. And yet these ordinary people are empowered by the Spirit. And it took great courage. And what we find as we get into the infancy of reading of the first church, there begins some pushback. The beginning is that the, the gospel is getting advanced not everybody's like it and they're experiencing persecution and we read the end of chapter five that people were persecuted and put in prison and i was so inspired at the end of five where it says this they called the apostles the authorities called in the apostles and had them flogged which means beat and they order them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing, because they've been counted worth, worthy of the suffering disgrace for the name. So what did they do? They, well, that's too, that's it. We'll just stop what we're doing. It's too much. No, not at all. Not even close. It says this: after they've been beaten, after they've been. Uh, Persecuted says day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that jesus is the messiah i don't know if that inspires you whatever you've gone through and we have gone through a lot you know everything has happened in the last 23 months uh, no no matter what we face even personally you, you know you 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 pumped gas the other day, and it just I, I think I see that they ch- keep changing the sign hourly of the prices going up, right? The, 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 we're experiencing inflation and, 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 and all of it, the troubles of, of life just personally, and we many of us lo- had to experience loss recently in, in our lives. And so we work through that, but then when we' trying to move forward and fall Jesus, not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody not be every, not everybody really is all in favor and all gung ho Jesus but I love how it describes here ordinary Joe and Jill followers of Jesus that they there's this amazing relationship you think gosh, there's something different about you what is it and it's the Lord in our lives and so as we move into chapter 6 as things are going really really well for the church it actually created kind of some challenges and, and at times there can be even conflict that can happen as fresh and exciting or what goes on this opposition actually propelled the church even forward but what it was going to require was it was going to have to step into a greater level of maturity you know in recent Years, I think it's a fairly new term in our culture, is adulting. Have you heard that term, adulting? And it's usually used in kind of millennials, your millennial age or Gen Zers, where they're needing to step up, where you move out of your parents' basement where you're playing video games all day to into the real world. That's what we said we we're older, like getting to the real world and, and live in the real world. And if you're older, you might remember even the times where you had to step up in an adult. You, you remember that time when you opened the fridge and you went it, you looked there, and the the food that was in there was food to put on food, but there wasn't actually food, right? You had mayonnaise and mustard, but there's nothing to put on that. So what you did is, well, you adulted. You you went to the grocery store and. You know, usually it was coins out of my my ashtray in my car to buy. Well, used to be buying gas, but that didn't work too well nowadays. But but food to get through. You you provided for yourself. Some of you 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 came in your apartment and and the lights weren't working and it was cold. Like adults pay the power bill. That might have happened to some of you. you. There was a time where you you had to go. You know what I'm saying? You had to go and and you reached and there was no square to spare. And you could yell, oh yeah, no one's home. And so you, as adult, had to step up and go buy some paper goods, right? It's what we did at the time that we need to do it. So in our lives, I mean, I think we, we realize, you know, we can look back in, in that, but I think these last couple of years have really challenged the church to step up and be adults. That not everything has been provided for you. I, I think the first you know, few weeks of the pandemic, they say just stay home, a couple of weeks and we'll take care of this thing, right? Yeah, right? And then we were in denial, and then the denial kind of turned into really just demanding, like, this can't be happening, and we get all upset and and, and getting upset actually I don't think it helped anybody, but people got upset. And, and and that, and then, then you couldn't do anything which leads to helplessness which leads to depression and, and now it just seems like as we're really we're hoping you come out of this but, but I don't hear anybody tomorrow going to go woohoo there's, a, there's actually kind of a, a bit of well indifference And in all that we've gone through we, we can see that because the last 23 months have been filled with a lot of disappointment in our lives and it's created some even distrust around us and so this indifference, though, really has, unfortunately, in our culture, has kind of affected, has affected the church. Uh, church leader, podcaster, uh, Carrie Newhoff, I was listening to this this week, and he was just talking about how the, the, the attendance of the church obviously has plummeted across the American church. And it's, it's here, you know, we have, oh, wow, are people here, but we used to have two services. And, 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 and again, I'm not making about attendance, but where are those people? What, what happened? What happened to them? And he says, it's kind of describing it this way, where it's like it's a drift that takes place. And I, and I find this all the time. I'll, I'll run into people in the grocery store, and they'll see me, and they identify with the church, and they go, oh, yeah, church. Oh, they see me, and they're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you used to be a part. And, he, and it's this description of this is like, it's like a friend that you spend a lot of time with, I don't know, just schedules change and maybe you move or whatever it is and you're not in proximity to that friend any longer. And all of a sudden you bump into them and go, oh yeah, you, you and I are friends. And it's not that you aren't not friends. You, you would say you're their friend, maybe a close friend, but you've, you've drifted apart. That, that's happened in church. It's happened your your gym membership. People are wondering where you're at. Um, you know, it happened in a lot of things. And yeah, all that we've gone through, so this drift can affect us and and so and in some ways it's not just attending something because you could pose to believe and you could just like the gym membership you could you could pose to be healthy and actually show up but not actually do anything it really comes down to this engagement spiritually we can attend a church but not engaging a god and actually not engaging in deep relationships you're not going to grow You see, if you think maturity of faith is just about a rival, it will actually disappoint you and it leads to really a hollow religious entitlement. Paul puts it this way. He says, what leads to this is having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And it's so easy to do, to to go through the motions and and to fake it. Adulting spiritually means I'm no longer going to live in my my indifference um, because I can't, because there's going to be too much opposition to cause that. See, I don't I, I doubt, I'm sure, that there's any Ukrainians right now are feeling indifferent about their life. No, they're they're if you, you we, we need to be praying for Ukraine and people of Ukraine and, and all victims of, of war that's happening on that side of the world, but they're praying hard. They're going to battle even more intense, and that's really what the first church was going through. They're moving beyond inconvenience. To real persecution that was happening, but what it did, what this pressing that happened, is it, it brought clarity to the mission, ignited a passion that that pushed the gospel even further. It started out with really super supernatural ways, and we'll re, continue to read through the book of Acts of supernatural encounters that that happened. But it was it was beyond that; it was beyond just the work. But these people became courageous and taking bold steps in the midst of being arrested that they didn't have time for indifference there wasn't there wasn't it wasn't convenient to be indifferent in the first place now believe me i'm not wishing that we're going to face more persecution i'm not hoping that we get bombed or anything like that but we need to recognize well as as adulting when when we are kids and we're out on our own and you realize man there's i'm missing i've got to step up how good we maybe had it at home how great it was Maybe before you think, well, it wasn't that great. Well, there was basic things that were supplied to us. And so when we look into the book of Acts 6 through 8, we find that they're they're moving into this place of adulting in the church. And I found three words that stood out in these chapters of stepping up into the real-world adulting. It was it was service, sacrifice, and scent that we're gonna look at. And we'll break those down here in a moment. So if you are taking notes, you can write these thoughts down. The first is serving. It's interesting, the book of Acts how when there was increase of persecution, the church actually grew more. The challenge was the church in this persecution created some growth challenges, but it opened up some opportunities for the movement to move forward. And looking at chapter 6, verse 1, this is what it says it was happening. It says, In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Horebic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Okay. Now, don't, now, don't get caught up too much in Hellenistic Jews. Basically, they were, they were Greek-speaking Jews. They, they then converted to Judaism. And then Horebic Jews were born Jewish by blood. And then they, what was happening is there was this imbalance. There was some injustice going on. How many more more people, more problems? Movements, movements are going to be messy. So what did they do? They, they called a family a meeting. In verse 2 it says, So the, the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Now the, the twelve were the original disciples of Jesus there was 11 of them okay and then mathis who was that replaced judas we read in acts one so this small group says we got to do something and i mean how many of great leaders will have know the art of delegation and empower others to carry this load and so we read in verse three it says brothers and sisters choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom we will turn this responsibility over to them, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, the the, the verse five it, it it lists the seven, uh, the this original seven. One of them was Stephen that we're going to look at in a moment. But they're considered the first deacons of the church. Now, if you use the term deacon, you grew up as a de- if you grew up in a church that had deacons. Uh, a lot of us have maybe negative experience with deacons. Uh, you were running after Sunday school in your church, and a, and a cranky, grumpy guy who was deacon such and such yelled at you. Okay. You don't have to raise your hand. You're like, I, I told I remember that guy. He was so mean. That's not a that's not what we're talking about, the deacon here, okay? Um actually this word deacon, and see if we can we have the pronunciation. I can't say it. Dakineos, dakoneo means to serve Okay, thank you google appreciate that thank you god knows how to speak greek and and we're going to have a moment here as well Uh, to serve to serve And, and that's where they talk about wait that's where they get it waiting on tables what does it say of the deacons of today well where are they well we don't use the term deacon but we have servants We have ministry, we call ministry leaders that are part. So listen, the local church's greatest strength for growth is always dependent upon the base of the servants that are here. And I could, as we, the IDs bragged about us, I could brag about us in the dozen years I've been here, I can tell you today, we have the most dedicated deacons and deaconesses in in our church. There's not a lot but they're very, very faithful people. And I'm so grateful for that. But what it means is there's just a, a small group of people carrying a larger load. And due to sending wonderful people out, and God has done a lot of reshuffling here in the last couple of years, and we've lost some staff members, the weight keeps does pile up. And I have to confess, there's been times I had to be a plumber over a pastor around here. And, and to step up. And, and, and so the encouragement here is, we, as the is saying we can't neglect the ministry of the word. We have to make sure that we delegate out the duties that are in the church body, the the, the tasks and things that the practical things that are there. And so I'm so excited today because I'm realizing I can't do all this and not do it very well. That we're going to need some help, and I'm so excited to announce starting tomorrow. There's a lady that's going to step into our staff that's not a stranger to us. It's actually, actually Stacy Regis. Can you stand? And so maybe this was a long time coming, but Stacy's serving starting tomorrow as our campus director. And what that means is that of the very part-time because you have a job during the week as well but she's putting some staff hours not to do everything but actually help with the delegation of the duties of the the deacons of the church you're the deaconess of the deacons I guess in some ways doing that and so you know so the way it works this way is if you need something don't come to me something okay I need a key I need to reserve a room. I need to do this. I will direct you back to her. Okay? She is the one to take care of the stuff of the church. If you're thinking stuff, she's the one to talk to. Now, if you're thinking people and prayer and growth and as a disciple of Jesus and and help marriage and counseling and all those kinds of things, please come to me for that. But I'm so glad that you're helping with that. And that was the role of the early church, this we've got to get organized. We've got to come together and take care of the needs that are there. And and so it, it's really following what Jesus calls to adulting, is not to be served, but to serve. And you could read all the different ways a, a deacon serves in the church. Uh, 1 Timothy and Titus, uh, Paul talks about these ways of serving. But one of the descriptions that Luke uses is, is this, full of the spirit and wisdom. That's how you describe a person stepping up and doing it. So in our moving from adulting to, to really indifference to impassion is this, to be full of the spirit in your serving. To be full of the spirit in your serving. That seems to make sense coming along, even when we're serving and maybe task-oriented things. What, what are we saying? We're I'm not going to do it out of my own abilities. I'm not going to do it out of my own talents, even though God's giving me those talents. I'm going to do it full of the Spirit, which means what's the full being full of the Spirit? It's mean you're doing it with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and, and gentleness and self-control. Those characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. See, I've been around people that have been the mean deacons. I've been around people that like, you're doing this, but they're kind of almost self proclaimed martyrs. They're saying, I'm doing this because no one else will do it. It's like, well, I don't know if you're full, I think you're full of yourself more than full of the Spirit, right? I mean, it's 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 not about you. And so I love that description. And so I challenge us, be full of the Spirit in your serving. Seek the Lord in all that you're doing. And so if you're going, well, how can I step into that serving role, which adults do, adult Christians do, You, it's to find that place. And we love for you to find that place. We say it many, many weeks at a time. If you need to get involved or desire to get involved, you know it's. God's calling you. We want to help you do that. So you're going, well, what are the opportunities? Well, there's tons of opportunities right here in the church. As much as I love Chris, Chris can't do it all. He can't carry the whole band every week. And so if you have any musical skills... And we're not saying we're getting desperate or anything, but if you have any musical skills of singing and playing, those can be honed. And and great. And, 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 uh, Chris is a great, uh, great trainer. He's a great encourager to help you take some step-by-step. Step. We wouldn't put you in a, on a stage without being prepared or anything like that. That's a great example. We're needing those musicians. And singers really in our church right now. But it might be you dusting off the guitar and maybe you're, you're picking it up. You haven't played in many, many years. That's okay. Let, let us know but it's serving in our children or helping out on, um, helping out in our greeting team. All those are opportunities. And, and even tonight, you know, we have our student ministry at, for United, middle school and high school. So if you've got a middle school, or high school student, we, we have that th- this evening at six thirty. There's so many different things, but also serving in the community. We don't just serve ourselves. We reach out. So we have some agencies that we do that. The, the bridge, which is this way in Birch Bay, where it's a great humanitarian work that we do. And so many people in, in, here in the room are, are involved with that. The, the, the um, community assistance program that we do in Blaine. So there's agency that we work through. So we're partnering uh, as a body of Christ. But I love what Mother Teresa, you know, it's kind of, it's a uh, women history month. And she was a great woman in history, wisely said this, I can't do what you cannot do and you can do, I'm sorry, I can do what you cannot do and you can do what I cannot do. Together we can do great things. Finding your place of serving. And so what happens is when we step up and find that place, great growth happened. Look at what happened in Acts 6 verse 7. It says, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly because they stepped up and served and found their place and this happened of, of of army servants, the church grew. but increase in growth, but also led to increase in persecution it really leads to sacrifice. Stephen, as mentioned, was one of the 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 famous of the deacons. he was so passionate in his role he couldn't shut up about speaking the name of Jesus. It says in verse eight, It says in in chapter 7, it says, Now Stephen, or actually 6-8, Now Stephen, man of full of grace and power, performed great wonders and and signs among the people. How many know when you step out of your comfort zone, there's going to be pushback. People are not going to like what you're, you're doing all the time. And then verse 12, he's brought before the Sanhedrin, which was kind of a religious court. And they basically said, Don't preach Jesus, Stephen. Don't do it. What he does is, rather than just leaving and going out, he preaches Jesus to them. So then he goes, you can read a lot of chapter 7, and at the end of it, this is how he closes his sermon. He says, at the end, it's not a soft landing, he says, and now you have betrayed and murdered him. That's not how you win people and you know, build friends and influence people, okay, Stephen? So listen to what happens at the end of seven. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, that you're the one that murdered Jesus and, and murder, you know, betrayed him, it says when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they're furious and gnashing their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I've seen heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed him, dragged him out in the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats in honor of the feet of of, of a young man named Saul. Saul. When they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep and Saul approved of their killing him. Now who's Saul? We're going to get to Saul. We're going to, how God dealt with Saul next week. What happened? Martyrdom took place. Stephen is recorded as the first martyr in the church. And there was many more after that. In fact, in the, the last 50 years. I don't know if you know. There's been more people killed for their for their Christian faith in the last 50 years than the last 1,500 years total. It's still going on. So what is what about us? What about our persecution? Well, sad to say. I mean, well, sobering to say. To say, if you feel like you experience some, like you know persecution of the church, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. The last couple of years, we've been highly inconvenienced nothing compared to what's been around the world can i tell you this though in adulting as followers of jesus sacrifice always means more than what you signed up for i mean that kind of defines sacrifice right it's sacrifice. it's signing up it's 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 it means you know i recognize more than you signed up for and i think we have to recognize there's a difference between sacrifice and victimhood Sacrifice is, is really giving yourselves, but you're not letting everybody know that how bad you got it. <laughs> Victimhood comes in all the time. And when we live in a consumer mindset, when we live in more of a place of inconvenience, that's what causes us to, our, our, we say, man, my rights and what I want and everything. And it's so opposite how Jesus was. You know, At some point, indifference doesn't work when you're faced with opposition. See, I doubt the the grandmas that are training to how to use an AK-47 in, in you know Ukraine are complaining a whole lot. They're doing what they need to do to survive. They're making a sacrifice for their very country, for their very lives. Let me ask you, what sacrifice are you making for the cause of Christ? What will it be this week? You know, Jesus made it clear to the to the original disciples when they became the apostles and before the, into the book of Acts. He says this in Luke nine. He says, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it." What does that mean? Well, Jesus didn't candy coat. We're not going to candy coat following Jesus. It's going to be a bunch of roses and and, and you know. You know, fairies running around or whatever. There's not, that's not, that's not, there's not a, there is a lack of fun sometimes in following Jesus. Is there a reward? Absolutely. What does he say? We get life out of it, but it's laying down our life first. What does that mean to lay down our life? Well, not just one time, daily. Daily. What does that look like? It's laying down our preferences, our ways, our desires, our energies, our finances, our conveniences for the sake of the soul's. Of others. He's given us a higher calling. He's given us a, a greater accomplishment He wants to see, but it's us laying down our lives in sacrifice to Him. That's what adult, adulting Christians do. Those are follow Jesus to serve and to sacrifice and finally to be sent. In chapter 8 of Acts, it says this, on that day, this is the day that when Stephen was put to death, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. That word scatter is another Greek word we're going to try to pronounce diaspora. I thought we were going to get Google to tell us that, but it didn't happen that way. That's okay. Diaspora. Where do we get the word? We think desperation. Actually, disperse. It's this word that says they sent out. Week one, I talked about the difference between a spider kingdom and a starfish kingdom. You squash a spider, it's it's gone it's dead but if you cut a leg off a starfish another another leg will grow on that starfish and some breeds another starfish grows and the church is a starfish kingdom Jesus set it up that way and so even though Stephen got squashed and Stephen was taken out it actually became a catalyst for this movement what was the movement the great commission to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the other most parts of earth. And so the circles kept on going and spreading out. So the scattering, even though there's probably some fear and all that was going on, it pushed the church out, not shrunk it back. When we go through hard times, the church shouldn't be shrinking back. The church should be teaming together and coming together to expand in what we can do even further. And that's what happened. The first missionary beyond the Jewish people was Philip. He went to Samaria. And you can read Acts and Acts 80. And he went to the Ethiopian. It's just a beautiful story how this really person was a seeker in Jesus and, and found and was saved and baptized and beautiful thing happened but look at back at the beginning of it, it says when the apostles heard the other people heard in Jerusalem that, that Samaria has accepted the word of God they sent Peter and John to Samaria when they arrived they prayed for the new believers that were that might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit did not yet come on any of them and they had simply believe, been baptized in the name of Jesus then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. This is a very significant moment in the church where basically they learn it's not just a small group of people that are going to be blessed that can come to faith in, in salvation in Jesus, but also have the subsequent experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit that it it basically is saying that everybody, this is available for everybody. And that, and that means everybody in our community as well. If you grew up in the church... Great. If you didn't grow up in Christianity, that's okay, because what that means is the person that you're working with who brags about how how loaded they get on the weekend, they have the opportunity to find Jesus as well. It's the it's it's the person that that you you know it's a loved one that's so filled with fear that you we give them the hope of Jesus because they can find Jesus too. They can experience salvation, the filling of the Spirit. And yes, it's your neighbor that yells at your dog all the time. That guy or that woman, they also have the opportunity to know Jesus. See, an adulting fall and Jesus finally know this. God uses the pressures we face to send us to, the, to further his mission. God uses the pressures we face to send uh, to us to further the mission. So the early church got squeezed, but what did it do? It pushed it out farther out in the mission field. When we walk out these doors today, when you click on uh, online and you go about your day and you leave your house, guess what? You enter your mission field. You are sent. That's what Diane was. was, They shared today. She was sharing before. He goes, "We're just going on a new assignment. We're on the mission of Jesus." And that's that's what we're we're called to do, and and if if we have to make a choice, you and I have to decide: Am I going to step out of my indifference? Because I tell you, in your indifference, you're going to drift. Why? Because I know I run to people all the time in the grocery store. I'm not saying that they're not coming to church because because they're they're walked away from their faith, but I know what it feels like when you isolate yourself. You can't grow. You can't develop. You can't find community. And it's not just getting your ear in the in the seat here on Sundays or just clicking online. That's a great first step because it brings us together. But it's finding engaging people in relationship. That's where you find growth. But in the hardship and the pain and the circumstances that many of you've gone through, you recognize that. It's not going to push me away from Jesus. It's actually propel me even further. Not only that helps me, but I can help others. In the process, and you felt it. You know, at times when you get squeezed, many times God's squeezing you out of your indifference, out of your apathy, to what He has for you next. So, invite Chris to come as we close. You know, sometimes when you have great people like the IDs and they're leaving, you kind of reflect on, upon all your time with friends or with being a part of the church. I was reflecting on this week. You know, we family we've been here 12 years, and, and uh, there was a, the time before though, as part of a church and. Uh, I didn't realize. And, and Diane, you made this com- made this comment like it's been too comfortable for you. And 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 sometimes we get this place of comfortability. You don't know how comfortable you have it until you that comfortability is taken away, right? You don't know how you don't know how good you had it when you're living at home and not that everybody had really great home life until you have to get on your own. And I remember that moment when we got kicked out of the nest. We were part of a wonderful church, but boy, it was kind of getting to that kind of recession time in 2007, and the church was facing really difficult time, it was having to lay off staff, and, and I, was, I, I, was needing, I was called to step down from the staff of the church because of the finances. Uh, what was very disheartening in the moment when I was told uh, we're going to have to no longer be employed here, we're also asking you no longer to attend the church here. And that was very, very hard for our family. We had two little children, and so what that meant is I lost my job, I lost my church, I, our, our family lost their church, lost in some ways friendships that changed because of that. And it was very, very difficult, and it really what the reason was was like, well, you guys are, you guys are, you know, the, it's a reminder how the church has failed, you know, and it's sorrow, and I, I didn't like that answer, but I respected what happened, and it, but what it did though, it, it pushed us. As much as that felt rejection and hurt, it pushed us further. And I can say, we're here today and part of this body and part of the Christ the King family. It's because of that what happened. We got nudged out. I don't know how God's going to nudge you out of your nest this week. But look for the opportunity say, God, you're nudging me. You're pushing me forward in something that I don't really like. There comes a time when you can't live in your indifference and your apathy any longer. There's too much going on. There's too much opposition. Now, Lord, where I move forward. So here's the final question is, how will you step out of your indifference to serve, to sacrifice, and be sent on his mission this week? How will you do that? And if you're wondering how to do that, Jesus modeled all three for us. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. He laid down, did the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and, and paved the way through his resurrection so we could have eternal life. He did all that through the cross and, and through his rising from the dead. And then he was, it was sent back to the Father. But what did he do? He sent us to fulfill his, his further his mission that we're all about. It comes back, comes back to that. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. I want to challenge you this morning in two ways. You're either a missionary in this place or you are the mission field. Which one are you today? You can't be sent out unless you have the one dwelling in you who is sending you, and that's Jesus. If you're here today or you're watching online and you're not on the mission because you don't know Jesus, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, that you you need him in your life. You would say that you've kind of been that hollow religious person and church attender and and even that, you may be drifting, you've come back, but you would say, you really have drifted, from, you have drifted from the Lord even. This is your moment, this is your opportunity. You say, Jesus, I'm back, I'm back here. And I love the fact that Jesus, just like the, the father in the prodigal story, he he sees us coming towards him, and he runs to us. He doesn't stand in judgment and look and, and, and says, oh, cross his arms, so now you show up. No, Jesus is opening his arms to us and say, the, the God the Father saying, come, you're home, my son, my daughter's home. Welcome, welcome, welcome. May you receive the Lord that way today, what he's provided for you. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you're faced with some challenges in your life, it's all how you frame it. Sickness, sorrow of death, uh, difficulties, finances, marriage, the, the job there's a list of there's a plethora maybe there's more than just one challenge that you're facing is it possible those challenges are actually being reframed for the mission the lord has you on i challenge you step out of your indifference and your denial of what's going on say god you are at work and lord i want to seek you and understand how you're working through me and how you're going to use those things to help me serve you Help me to sacrifice and help me be sent out in your name, in your mission. Lord, speak to hearts here today that are challenged and serving. They're, they're ready to step out out of their childhood into adulting uh, adulting followers of you, Lord. God, may they do that today. Take that step, Lord, to be your church, to be this church that we call and we t- title Unstoppable because it's unstoppable because we're a empowered by your very spirit to be courageous to step out and to be unstoppable people because you are an unstoppable god we love you and we trust you in all that we pray in jesus name and lord we pray for ukraine we pray for the people there we pray the war that's going on we pray that we we ask for evil we'd be pushed back in jesus name those that are commanding god they would stop they would cease fire and lord you would you you would Spare lives even more. And Lord, your church even would advance and people come find you in the desperation to know you, Lord. We pray for our world this, this way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand. We went a little bit longer today. I hope that's okay. Um, we just don't tune out quite yet. Take a moment here. Say, Lord, what are you, what are you challenging me? Are you speaking to me? And if you need some prayer... We would love to pray. with you. I'm sure the IDs one last time would love to have some prayer with you before they leave, and they're going to be hanging out here. Please say goodbye, and, and, and well, we say see you later, not goodbye. We'll be in heaven together all one day. But uh, just reach out to them before you leave. But if you need any kind of prayer or anything, day let us let us know. Let's let's sing this to the Lord. Have a great week.